Hello, how are you doing? And it occurred to me just a few minutes ago, actually, whether you actually stop and reflect and think about how you're doing. My name is Estelle Reed. I am an executive coach and I work with busy execs to optimize their productivity, success and well-being so that they lead their best business life. So this week's Insider Exec Secret relates to how sometimes we can subtract from our work life and I'm going to give you loads of examples of how we do that and how we then turn that around to ensure that everything you do is effectively a valuable addition. And you might be wondering, well, what does all of that mean? Some of you may have heard the famous quote by Albert Einstein, and he said, the definition of insanity is to keep doing what you're doing and expect a different result. Now, I am part of a local WhatsApp group and its original positive purpose and intention was to keep people connected and to share useful information. But I exited this group when someone said, I've got a frog in my garden, what should I do with it? And 43 messages later and still no real pearls of wisdom, I was, to be honest, I can be a real unsociable git. And if I can't see the value in an activity, I will bin something off. And I was frustrated by all of these useless, nonsensical messages. And if I had taken the time to respond to the frog message, it would have been, well, just let it hop away. And that is a simple example of how an activity, we can get mindlessly sucked into an activity and not stop and think about, is this adding or subtracting towards my productivity, success, well-being, whatever it happens to be? And I, I noticed an interesting post also on social media. And this person went at lengths to say how they'd had really serious health conditions and that they'd been refraining from making this post because it would have damaged their mental health and their well-being and probably made their health condition even worse, but made the post anyway. And my question to that person would have been, well, you know, is that a helpful addition or is it a subtraction? And in that particular example, it's a subtraction from the well-being. Um, hence why at the start of this podcast, I said to you, how are you? How often do you stop and contemplate how you are? And I know one client that I've worked with for many years, he said to me, I am probably one of the only people that really listens to him in his life. And he, he values that because as he's talking, he's hearing how he really feels. And one of the topics that came up as we were working together, and it links to this theory, so is what you're doing, is it adding or is it subtracting? And this exec is really, really busy, has not taken a day off for a long time, and it's starting to take its toll on him, he's starting to get tired. Um, and I don't know about you, when I get tired, 
I am not the best version of myself. I'm short with my family. I've got a short span of attention. I'm not as focused. I'm not as good as I could be. And we sat down and we were looking at all of the activities he had on his to-do list. It wasn't actually a to-do list. It was what he was carrying around in his head. And again, I was applying this theory in terms of, is it adding or is it subtracting? Because sometimes, particularly, and I seem to attract a certain type of client, they're often responsible, quite often firstborns, and that's not the law, or I've seen clients break that rule, um, but they're often responsible people, good eggs, have no problem using their own initiative, usually very successful already. But the challenge with being a responsible person is that you can fill in the gaps that other people are leaving and it's interesting that at an unconscious level people know that you will fill the gaps and they will leave things and I remember years ago working with a guy and he said he'd noticed something on the doorstep of his business and he walked past it for weeks and it frustrated and annoyed him because nobody else picked it up and this is a brilliant metaphor for some of the things that we can pick up as responsible people and then before we know it we've got too much on our production line so quite often when I'm working with clients I'll talk about a metaphoric production line so our production line is what we have to do and you can pick the time scale it can be in a day in an hour in a month in a year in five years if you're working towards a five-year vision And whatever is on your production line, once it's on your production line, you've then got to make sure it comes off at the other end. And back to my responsible, good egg, driven, motivated types who end up being overly busy, they will unconsciously say yes to things. They will pick the low-hanging fruit, the, the jobs, the items that nobody else picks up and at an unconscious level will think good old so-and-so will do that you know there's no need for me to worry about that um but once they pick those jobs up they're then on the production line aren't they and you've then got to do something about it and in my experience these people that do routinely put things on the production line they have a number of options they either speed the production line up so they try and work faster to cope with the levels of jobs that they've got on the production line. They don't take a break, so they don't stop the production line to go and have a coffee break, absolutely not. Sometimes they won't take a break for shutdown. Now we know, you know, I've worked in the manufacturing industry and I know that if you don't stop your production line and you don't have a proper shutdown, that eventually things break down. And sometimes that's why clients come and sit in my chair in my coaching chair or we coach via zoom or whatever else and and it's because they've got to that tipping point so back to the topic of the day which is is what you're doing adding or subtracting from your work hyphen life now you can use it for many contexts and back to this exec so he'd got all of these jobs in his head And one of my questions to him was, 
is that the most effective use of your time to be doing X job? And again, because he's responsible, he's motivated, he just likes to ensure that things get done, he will be picking up things that ordinarily could be delegated to his team. Now, um, one of the things I will do with my exec sometimes is I'll say, right, come on, let's work out your hourly rate. And then, then let's work out your team members' hourly rate. And where is this job best placed? What is the most efficient use of time right now? Is it for you on X amount or is it for your team member? And some team members can be sat there twiddling their thumbs, can't they? Or doing, you know, um, less, a lot less hours than you're doing, that's for sure. Although I accept entirely if you're running your own business, that's kind of one of the things that we sign up for. So, um, back to adding or subtracting. Well, this exec, you know, actually he is responsible for achieving the vision of the business and for strategically lining up his troops so that the right things get done. So by engaging in activities that in theory are not best placed with him and could be better placed with a team member, it's not effective use of his time. No wonder he's working excessive hours and feeling exhausted. So we started to identify activities that were subtracting from his overall purpose of his role. And all of a sudden we started to take items off his production line, free up his time so that he was focused on the things that he does best. So taking this theory one stage further, so back to the message at the um, start of this podcast and I was saying that I'd been inundated with WhatsApp messages that to be honest were subtracting from life and in the end I exited the group but something occurred I got a message through my door and it was inviting me back to the local community group and it was because of COVID-19 and there was a part of me that felt that actually this is the right thing to do because if my neighbours are sick um, you know they need some shopping or whatever else then you know, I, I, I want to be there for them. With that in mind, I monitored some of the messages and it was still, what should I do with the frog in the garden type messages, which were a, subtract, a subtraction. And so I silenced the group for a year. And then about a week and a half ago, I tormented myself. I thought, I'll just pop in and have a look and see what's on there. And yet again, we've got more unhelpful messages and it was all to do with dog mug. Now this, <laughs> we've got some local dog mug vigilantes because there's a phantom poo in the region and uh, somebody isn't picking up the dog mug. And this group has tried all sorts of strategies. We've now got three signs on a gate saying pretty much the same thing, basically pick your mug up. The phantom dog poo um, is still failing to pick up the poo and they are now threatening to put CCTV up so that they can catch this person red-handed. Now, like most of us, I'd, I don't like walking on a country path with loads of dog muck on it. 
And you can see how ridiculous this topic is becoming. And I bet you're thinking, what the hell is she going on about? But I got sucked in and it, and it was a subtraction. And it made me start to think about, actually, how are these messages serving me? So again, you can use this question when you're thinking about your work life. So how is, and then you can insert whatever it is. So it could be this task, it could be this relationship, it could be whatever I'm about to put in my mouth, it could be um, whatever lack of exercise or exercise you're about to take, it could be a conversation you're about to have. So how is X serving me is the first question. And the next question, so question number two is, on balance, is this helpful or hindering? Now, the reason I say on balance is that sometimes, so for example, in this group, are there helpful messages? Yes, there are. There was a helpful message on there about saving money on your water bill and we've been overcharged apparently um so that was that was helpful but on balance is it helpful or hindering hindering so i would say on balance it's hindering because i am inundated with my new shy and uh, nonsensical information and my next question was how how are these messages how is this behavior because trust me people have started to get really angry in this in this group they've been taking videos of poo bags swinging from trees they have um taken photographs shock horror they took a bag a picture of one of our bags of poo we hadn't left it there permanently we were on well my husband was on a dog walking loop and shock horror it was there in all its glory on the group and the poo vigilantes went absolutely ballistic, loads of angry faces, and I had to clear up the poo mystery and say, hey, my husband was on a dog walking loop. Um, so you won uh, my next question. So question number three is, how is whatever the behavior is serving the other person? And is there anything you can do about that to raise awareness of it, particularly if you're a leader? And then question number four, some further thought. Has anyone stopped to actually think about what they're doing is working? And that question is appropriate to both sides of the party. So, you know, in business, I'll be honest, over the last 12 weeks during lockdown, I have been thinking about all sorts of different business ideas. You can get completely carried away by what's out there on social media and just because everybody else is doing something does it mean that you have to do something and you know for example I went on a um, ClickFunnels boot camp and I'll be honest it was like oil slick sales training for me and just because there are a lot of people that are making that that work for them and I think it's probably country specific So it's quite American and I think some of the language doesn't translate into the UK. And I thought just because they're all doing it, it doesn't mean to say that I need to be doing it. So uh, partway through that 
boot camp, I stopped and I stopped, I stopped the boot camp. I thought, actually, it's not for me. I'm going to find an alternative way. Um, but how often do we not stop and think about what we're doing? One, whether it's working and two, whether it's adding to what it is that we're trying to achieve. So as I've mentioned earlier, I coach a lot of business owners, a lot of leaders, a lot of execs. And I often, you know, as I say, we'll get into this good egg conversation. And part of my role sometimes is to keep them in check because because they're so responsible, because they're so tenacious and successful, and they're filling in the gaps of all these other people that are not pulling the weight, this can lead them to be overly busy and working long hours sometimes stressed, not that they would use that word, but that's my observation, and sometimes close to burnout. Again, not that they would use that word, but that's my observation. So one of the things I will do with them is I'll ask them this sequence of questions. So I will say to them, right, okay, let's look at all your activities that you're doing. So back to that production line and we'll look at what they're doing and we'll establish it are the activities they're involved in are they adding or are they taking away so number one what's the vision or north star so the vision often vision and mission can get mixed up so a vision is think of it as a big goal it's a destination that you're traveling towards so you might have heard of it as a north star a mission so Vision requires journey and movement and change of direction. A mission is something that's constant. It's with you all the time. So for example, my mission, and I've been running my business now for nearly 15 years, and it's always been the same. It's always been the same constant throughout. And that is to bring out brilliance because I believe that everybody has the potential to be brilliant, to be brilliant in their own way. It's just a case of finding that key. So a mission stays constant with you, regardless of the direction of travel, wherever it is that you take in your business. So first question, what's the vision? What are they heading towards? And then often when I'm working with my execs, we will break down their vision into a series of goals because it's the goals that will lead us to the vision. So take, for example, so my vision at the moment is to develop a transferable business that enables me to work anywhere, anytime, any place, anywhere. Do you remember the martini adverts? Um, and um, so that's my vision. So the pillars, the goals that will lead me to that vision. So let's take, for example, the marketing pillar. There have been a number of activities I've been engaging in over the last three months, one of which is this podcast. So I need, there are certain activities that fit underneath that um, goal. So one of my marketing goals is to increase my following to 10,000 because I've been told, I've written a book, In a Brilliance Out to Shine, Shine, should I say, uh, looking for a publisher if you're out there. Um, and part of that so part of my aim is and my book is part of my marketing strategy and also helping as many people as I can so part of that goal is as I say to 
increase my number of followers to 10,000 because this is what my um, publishers or pub agents and publishers are saying that's what they expect 10,000 followers so um, just a little note to self you know like my profile follow me you can find me Estelle E-S-T-E-L-L-E at the word at B spelt with three E's and you can find me on all the usual platforms LinkedIn Facebook Twitter Instagram and YouTube so the idea is as I say, this goal increased to 10,000 followers and then the specific tasks that lead to that goal are one, doing a podcast, which I'm doing right now, two, being publishing on Medium, which I'm doing. So you get the idea that all of those um, goals and tasks, they are making a positive, valuable addition to my vision and to my business and and going through this process it really helps you to clarify one what you should be focusing your activities on because again if you've not got a vision then how do you know where it is that you're heading um, and then being able to say right okay whatever activities I'm engaged in is this going to add or is it going to subtract away from my vision or my goals or my tasks so that can be really useful another example of applying this theory so is it going to add or is it going to subtract in terms of making a valuable addition to whatever it is that you're doing email messages so emails messages so i know one of the habits i engage in i open my emails first thing in the morning middle of the afternoon and then close of business because otherwise I'm breaking my focus and attention and there was a useful study it was a Microsoft study and I'm trying to not misquote it I think it what it the theory was it takes you 25 minutes to tune back into a task so if you're distracting yourself with social media with messages with emails we become less efficient and it impacts on our performance. So silencing messages, emails and social media and having certain touch points throughout the day can be helpful. But also thinking about, is this adding or subtracting from what it is that I'm trying to achieve? And it could be right now, this hour, this day, this month, this week, this year. Um, you pick the time frame. Um, now, if you are unclear about whatever it is that you're trying to achieve, I would encourage that as a next step. So make sure that you clarify what, you know, what is it that I'm trying to achieve today, this week, this month, this year, in the next five years? You know, what is my vision, aim, purpose, goals, tasks, etc., etc. And if, if you... Um, are struggling with that I have a really nifty process um, which takes a few hours and we can do it via zoom we welcome to my covid free office um, and we can put together a one-page plan which will clarify your vision your purpose what goals you should be focused on and which specific tasks so another area 
in which you can apply this theory is in relation to meetings. Oh my goodness me, the number of execs I work with that are inundated with meetings. I think one of the beauties of lockdown has been that all of a sudden it took the pressure off for people to be meeting. And then what I've noticed is, so people got some space to breathe because they couldn't physically meet. And then as people started using Microsoft Teams, Zoom, Skype, whatever it is that you're using, all of a sudden people are being booked back to back with meetings. And two questions you can ask yourself here. First of all, what's the purpose? What is the purpose of the meeting? How many flabby meetings do we attend where there's no agenda? We're not sure what the purpose is. And then we work away, walk away, should I say, without any actions. So, you know, and and that to me is just a nice chat. You know, if you're going to up the effectiveness of meetings, first of all, establish what the purpose is. You know, do you really need to attend or will it be satisfactory for you to have a copy of the meeting minutes or to present your information, for example, by email beforehand? And the second question you can ask yourself is, is what I'm about to do going to add or subtract from whatever it is that I'm trying to achieve right now? And again, you apply the time scale. The next area where you can apply this theory is in relationships. And like it or not, we are feeling beings. We emote for a reason. There's even a clue in the word emotion, motion. So emotions are there to um, create action. So take, for example, the other day, I got a piece of chicken out the fridge. No, it wasn't chicken, it was fish, actually. And as I opened the packet, I'm not kidding, I started heaving. It was absolutely horrible. And I had to physically just leave it in the sink and walk away. And my husband looked at me like I was being a right wuss. And I said, look, you go and smell it. And he says, oh, oh, I don't think it smells that bad. But actually, some of the pong had started to evaporate. My daughter could smell it. I said, look, so I was experiencing the emotion of disgust. Disgust is there as a mechanism to protect you from eating something that's foul and could poison you. So you have to listen to your body. So the fish went in the bin outside. Um, So... Again, I'm talking to men in particular out there. I I almost have a secret boys club. I have loads of blokes that come for coaching and I help them to process their emotions in a safe environment. And, you know, at first they can be very um, shy of admitting that they have feelings or wanting to talk about feelings. But work with me long enough and I will be saying, how are you feeling? And, you know, I was working with the most inspirational person this morning and they were saying to me that they'd suppressed their feelings so long that this was one of the first times that they told anyone what they told me. You know, I feel very privileged to hear some of my insider exec secrets. You know, I'm told some amazing stories and and often these stories, they... They come from a position of adversity, so they've had some adversity in their background, in their personal history, usually in childhood, if I'm completely honest, usually in a time period of age 0 to 10. And 
What tends to happen, so back to relationships, is that sometimes we are triggered emotionally by a behaviour in a relationship. So someone does something which reminds us of something in our past. And I have worked with all sorts of execs. I remember working with a gentleman donkeys years ago and his line manager reminded him of his dad and his dad was a real mean person um you know broke my heart hearing some of the stories and this guy um he would sweat profusely all the time he would shake it it was almost as if it got to the top of his ability to cope with these emotions that he tried to contain and suppress. And then once we got rid of them, and we get rid of them using havening, I mentioned it in my previous podcast, and it's just like cheating. And I remember seeing this guy, I was running a training event for the organisation, and I'm not kidding, he looked 10 years younger. He looked confident gone were the shakes and the sweating he was funny it was just himself and it was so magical to see and all we'd done is we'd used havening to clear all that stuff up so as i say we can unconsciously get triggered by another person's behavior and you know it can result in negative exchanges or anything like that and again that's where i use havening and we cheat and we get rid of those triggers If you're not ready for that level of uh, work, and I respect that entirely, going back to the theory, you can ask yourself the same question. Is what I'm about to do going to add or subtract from whatever it is that I'm trying to achieve? And that could be, for example, in a relationship. So someone, and it could be a work relationship, a relationship at home, it could be a family member, Um, you know, you pick the context, but asking yourself again, is what I'm about to do going to add or subtract from whatever it is that I'm trying to achieve? And then finally, health, you know, health, mental health, so important. You know, the other night I caught myself grabbing a salted caramel, I was going to say GU cheesecake, it's not GU, is it pronounced goo? I don't know, from the fridge. And I asked myself the same question, is what I'm about to do going to add or subtract from my health? And do you know what? I had the flipping cheesecake. I thought I deserved it. I've been so good. I've I've lost weight recently. And do you know what? I'd had a tough day and I thought, I'm going to encourage a good dopamine hit having this. And I'm going to absolutely enjoy it whilst I'm troughing it. And it was the right thing for me to do right there and then. So to close, if you're thinking this theory sounds a bit selfish, and uh, I agree, you know, if you were to take this to its nth degree, is this going to subtract or add to me personally? You're right. But do you know what? The people I work with, back to, they're good eggs, they're tenacious, they're successful, they're busy professionals there's often an imbalance of giving and receiving with these people and they often fail to prioritize themselves they self-sabotage and don't always get the results that they deserve because of these behaviors and so if that's you 
then please use this um, tip from my Insider Exec Secrets. So if any of the subjects have piqued your interest, why not book a free discovery coaching session? Two hour session with me via Zoom. And what we can do is we can explore potential coaching goals, topics, areas you could experience Haven in if you want to. It's up to you. Um, So I'm going to close wishing you well and um, see you again soon.